Job chapter 31, verses 13 and 14. If I have denied justice to my men servants and maid servants when they had a grievance against me, what will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? I get the sense sometimes when talking with people that Christians often forget that we're going to have to give an account someday to God. We're going to have to actually stand in judgment. And that's what Job is realizing right here in this amazing verse. What will I do when God confronts me? What will I answer when called to account? And I actually feel not haunted, but sobered by this thought that I'm going to have to give an account, partly because of what James chapter three, verse one says about basically church leaders, teachers, and preachers. Uh, It says this, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Wow. Knowing that I'm a pastor means I'm going to be held to a higher standard on judgment day because I'm going to be responsible for so many other souls. And if I lead all of them astray, you know, I've done a great uh, harm to creation. So that's sobering, maybe even terrifying, knowing that I'm going to have to give an account someday. So then where's the hope then? Where's the, where's the gospel in that? Well, it's what it says in Romans that when God judges me on judgment day, yes, I will have to give an account for all my deeds, but also ultimately what he will count is not my list of righteous deeds, but he will count the righteousness of Christ himself. In Romans 4, Paul's talking about um, how it was counted to Abraham as righteousness. And he basically says the same thing is going to be true for us. It will be counted to us, it says in Romans 4, 23. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So I'm sobered by the fact that I'll have to give an account, but I'm hopeful about the fact that at the end of that day, that day in court, so to speak, the courtroom of heaven, it'll be the record of Christ that I am judged by. Now that makes me... It doesn't make me complacent. doesn't make me want to not do well by others. It makes me want to so that there's less uh, separation between my record and Christ's on that day. I want to try to be like him as much as I can in this world. Uh, I, I want to respond by what I, I wrote, but I, I have to say that a, a person at your age and in your position, and given what you and I know was going on with the church, with the establishment of a church in Stamford, Connecticut, which is huge. Um, I would call your situation as uh, joyful carefulness. Hmm. I think anybody in your position has to be careful because they're definitely um, signposts or, you know, um, what's the right word? Um, fences the mm-hmm. guardrails kind of guardrails you've got exactly the right mm-hmm. word uh, that you work within mm-hmm. but what yeah. makes it uh, an amazing human experience is to have the joyfulness of knowing that you are working for the lord and 
you know, I, my only comment is um, when I die, uh, what you describe will happen to me and you and everybody else. Mm-hmm. But that's not my worry right now. Mm. My worry is to take whatever purpose God has for me and try to maximize it uh, through my living days. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that has to bring joy. Also, just uh, because this is uh, from Job, the passage, and it's Job 31. In Job 38, which is, you know, down the line just a little bit, uh, God responds to Job yeah. with all these questions. So it's kind of like, you know, Nathan Hart <laughs> shows up in heaven you're going to get drilled, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. And so am I. Yep. Um, the other thing, though, a little bit down, more down to earth uh, mm-hmm. is what I wrote in the first sentence of what I wrote, which is one theologian has said that everything changes when we know that we are known. Mm-hmm. I think we spend a lot of our lives pretending we're Adam and Eve hiding in the Garden of Eden when God is calling rather than actually coming forth and worrying less about why he's calling us and embracing him and embracing his, his purpose for us. But that's not the norm necessarily. I mean, pretending, you know, that you can hide from God is a pretense. It's pretending. It's not, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not real because God can see you and, I think it's it does change everything when you know that, and there uh, with you and God there are no secrets. That's right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, this is why that wonderful phrase from Tim Keller is useful, where he says, "We are fully known by God and fully loved," and that's a remarkable thing because normally, like if you know if you knew everything about me, you would probably wince because some of it would be so ugly and horrifying and it'd be hard for you to love me and vice versa. But God knows every single thing about us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he loves us completely and unconditionally. And that's the good news of the gospel. Amen to that.